Hi and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn Awardner. And in this episode, my beloved Christmas pod, which is episode number 25 in this series, meaning it's Christmas Day if you're listening in real time, I thought I would give you a compilation. Why? Because on Christmas Day, what I'm normally doing is cooking and I can't keep my attention on a film and the radio maybe doesn't keep my attention either. So I thought, well, I'll just put some snippets of our conversations from the last few years with some of my favourite guests onto an episode. Maybe there's a bit of a chuckle along the way and it can just keep you company, whether you're peeling sprouts or making a gravy. Or if you're not listening to this during Christmas podding, you might actually get an introduction to some of the guests who, if you're new, if you've only just discovered the podcast, you might get a a sense of some of the conversations that we've had previously. And obviously, I'm going to start with one of my favourite conversations. And actually, it was the beginning of our first time ever together on tape. It's Caroline Hirons. And Caroline and I met through rock music. We met at a Motley Crue concert. That's how we properly got to know each other. And so this conversation from her first appearance on the podcast ages ago now, she must come back, is us talking about Uh, is us talking about rock concerts sexual awakening at rock concerts live music the playlist that we make to keep us company whether we're working whether we're exercising whatever you might be doing a road trip and it's just a bit of a giggle so here she is here's the first part of this compilation episode it's caroline hirons from way back in the day and and i talking all things well we're being rock chicks that's how i'm gonna look at it In fact, that brings us neatly into the first time that we hung out. Which was a Motley Crue concert. Which I think is perfect. The perfect meeting point for us. In fact, if it was a date, we'd totally be married by now. Yes. In fact, I'm a little bit annoyed that we haven't taken it to the next level. (laughs) Um, I do remember, because Caroline, let's not beat around the bush, you're a big deal in the beauty industry. Don't be blushing now. Oh, don't know. And I do remember being a bit like, oh, I'm going to go and see Motley Crue with Hirons. It's interesting. <laughs> and then, oh, I have actually shared one of um, the highlights of my life with you, which is seeing Tommy Lee aerial drum. Tommy Lee aerial drum. And he didn't get stuck the night we went. He got stuck the night after. What would, okay, what would you have done had he got stuck the night that we went? Probably pissed myself off. <laughs> Probably just have been in hysterics, literally. But it's quite far into the concert that the sort yeah. of roller coaster of aerial drumming occurs. And I remember, because it was quite a while in, I'd had a few wines. You had had a few wines. <laughs> and I remember being aware, Caroline Hyrens is next to me and she's a big deal. And then during the aerial drumming, <laughs> head banging, and thinking, my hair's definitely flicking against Caroline Hyrens, I wonder if she minds. But being so into the drum solo that I thought, do you know what? No, we were totally into it. Langers was also hanging. I know. It was. Happy days. Awesome. I know it's really bad for you, but I do like that buzzy feeling. Post-concert, we go, oh my God, I'm hanging! Yeah, and you can't hear anything, you're deaf, and, and your ears buzz all the way home. Mm. It's beautiful. And we discovered that night that that was not the first time that we had been at Wembley Arena at together. the same time. We've been to many gigs together at the same time, separately. But it was in excess. In excess. It would have been 1984, surely? Or no, 1987. Oh. Yes, that makes more sense. Mm. A, a seven-year-old going to... 87 and 88. Supported by excess days. Big Pig. God, I remember Big Pig. I've got the ticket stub somewhere. I used to keep all my tickets up. It's probably at my mum's house. Do you... I love collectors. I love 
that sort of stuff. Because it's the stuff that when you're having a clear out, you yeah. bin because you think, oh, I'm never going to need that. And then one day you think... My, uh, my collection is quite tight now. I literally have kept like gig t-shirts, some gig t-shirts. I've got all my 80s gig t-shirts, all my Duran stuff I've kept. Mm-hmm. All my record vinyl collection I've kept. My husband's got his, I've got mine. So I get quite excited thinking, oh, get the vinyl out. And I think, no, because those bastard kids will sell it or scratch it. Is there any cross-pollination between... Absolutely none. Mr. Hyrule no. isn't... Oh, no. Absolutely none. <laughs> maybe, maybe Bruce Springsteen maybe born in the USA because I think I got my mum's copy of that and he he's a big Bruce fan that's it we wow, bought no like mutual music together and so is a good is a good time in putting the vinyl on no we don't put it on he does now he's got he put a record deck next to the bed on his side of the bed and I and he goes mental at me because he's a musician and he's all about the sound and he has like big amps and I literally play it through my tinny phone and I get oh. just as excited and he goes <laughs> mental why are you playing that on that crappy phone? Use the bows. And I'm like, no, oh, I have to put Bluetooth on. He's a purist. He's a complete vinyl snob and purist. And not just a vinyl snob, just a music snob. He wants to hear it properly or what's the point? Whereas I'll hear it on anything. You don't mind, just you hear that just bass hear line it and I'm gone. under pressure and you're like, that's good enough for Yeah, me. that'll do. Um, what's his musical taste then? Um, if there's no... If, well, no, we're, we're actually completely together now. But he's very much sort of like grown-up rock music. Like Gabriel Springsteen, you know, obviously he was a Led Zeppelin boy in the 70s. So he's, he likes grown-up music that has something behind it, whereas I will happily sing Steel Panther in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Death to all but metal is my sort of motorway anthem, really. I um, went to a wedding a few years ago and I made a playlist for the journey past start of Stonehenge. And I now, that's another thing. I make a playlist for every journey. Every journey's different. So if I'm going travelling on business, I make a new playlist. LA playlist, New York playlist. Uh, yeah, you have to have the right playlist. Okay, all right. You have to talk me through this. I find this really fascinating. Because the wedding trip, I used it as an excuse to include Get in the Ring by Guns N' Roses. And then every time it came on, we'd just say the... This, this one's for you, Ed, except your parader, circus oh magazine, God. and just reveled in the fact that I remembered it. Well, how do you plan a playlist? Because Whatever what puts mean? me in the mood for where I'm going to be. So LA is all sunshiny songs. New York is all sort of like Counting Crows and quite sort of much more sort of Greenwich rock village type thing. Oh, August and everything else. Obviously. Great Although album. I prefer Recovering the Satellites, thank you very much. Is that the one after Album that? number two. Right, yeah. Thank you. When he was with Courtney Cox. And Jennifer Aniston, the dirty swine. Dirty swine. He is the least attractive, sexiest man I've ever seen. Like, he, he's really sexy, but he's so unattractive. What's he called? Adam Adam Durrance. Adam Durrance. So he's not... You look at him and you think, okay... He needs a wash. Yeah. And, like, buy clothes that fit you, stop biting your nails, and dreadlocks at your age, really. <laughs> because he doesn't have dreadlocks. They're all... It's all just a weave. Oh, yeah. But then I... When you see him on stage, I think, oh, hello... See, I had that about Chris Robinson with the Black Rose. No, he just needs a wash. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him. I saw him in concert. I must have been twelve, and just was like, "Oh, something's happening." Mm-hmm. I thought that was okay. yeah, your sexual awakening. Well, no, Prince was. Oh, that's a good one. Prince was, but but when I saw Purple Rain in nineteen eighty four, which I think is slightly appropriate given I was about seven, but I remember years later confessing to my mum, you know, the first time I ever sort of was attracted to a man was. Prince, and my mum goes, 
you know why that is, don't you, Emma? And I went, no, why? Thinking that she was going to reveal something really significant. She went, because he's got rhythm. There you go. <laughs> My uh, sexual awakening was Michael Hutchins. Yes, and that is an awakening that happens how often? How often do you reckon you think about Michael? Oh, I try not to because it's too upsetting. Yeah. It's 20 years this year. I can't believe that. 20 years this year. I was completely in love with Michael Hutchins. Completely. How did you find out about In It Um, So I was a teenager up north and the music scene's just always been... I've just always been obsessed with music and went to the odd gig but in those days you had to go and queue up at the venue for tickets mm. none of this you know Ticketmaster via go go crap <laughs> um, and I met some of my really good still good friends at the front of queues for tickets still so I went and my girlfriend and I I, I can't even remember who I went with first but I went to see In, in Excess live and was totally hooked and then went every time they played up north and then when I moved to London I went to every London gig and then you know the live baby live or live baby live video mm. I was at that concert and I was did the camera go on to you no because I was at the very very back of Wembley Stadium because I was about to give birth to my first son and so was my girlfriend Cheryl who was about to give birth to her first son and our girlfriend Heather who just got hammered on our behalf um, <laughs> and it was the best I like Heather yeah because it they were supported by Jellyfish remember <laughs> Jellyfish Gosh. Jellyfish rocks the biggest band that never were mm. Um, and Debbie Harry, Blondie, and Jesus Jones. And it was just a rocking good time. My husband, it wasn't my husband at the time, it was my boyfriend at the time, my partner. And um, he, uh, he was like, you're not going to an excess gig. Look at the size of you. You're going to get... And I was like, it'd be fine. We'll just sit at the back. Obviously, we danced through the whole thing. So how neither of us gave birth, I do not know. But I bought the DVD and the video in every format I could get it and gave it to my son and said, you were there. Aww. <laughs> you were there. Happy christening. Isn't Caroline great? I really love getting her on tape. This has been a good reminder to me, listeners, and I know it'll uh, be something you may want to get her back on the show. Now, next in this compilation episode, I've included Lisa Potter Dixon, who is just such good energy to be around. She is such a positive, bright person that when you're with her, you can't help but feel energized. She really is one of those people who just gives off such good energy and vibe. She's a brilliant, brilliant friend. I'm so pleased that she's in my life. But this episode we recorded a while ago was all about her career, was all about uh, her incredible work as a makeup artist. But we started off really talking about exactly that. Like, how do you stay positive? Why are you so positive? And then we go off on some tangents, which is exactly what you would expect from a conversation between Lisa and I. But um, we cover positivity we we cover relaxing and how a strong network of friends can be the most important thing in your life if you want to really make sure that you relax and unwind to have people around you who say I can see that you're about to get stressed and to tell you to take it down or not just so valuable we talk about that we talk about uh, Lisa swimming Lake Geneva and why swimming is really important to how I talk a little bit about running but it's just and <laughs> And there's a little bit of interior design, but it's a little snippet from our conversation for a while ago. And obviously I'll put the full conversation and the link to it in the show notes. But this is just us having a bit of a laugh and I hope you enjoy it. 
We are very special, aren't we? I think we are very special. In fact, 2% special. 2% (laughs) special. Why is that, Lisa? Because we both have green eyes. Not hazel, like proper green eyes. Proper green. Yeah, we do. And today, because we know our shiz, Mm -hmm. and for people who don't know, although I would have told you in the introduction, Lisa is a superstar makeup artist, among many other things. Thank you. Author, celebrated, all-round YouTube superstar. We know that purple... And violet yeah. are will accentuate accentuate <laughs> accentuate our eyes. <laughs> will accentuate the green in our eyes. So we're both wearing purple-based eye Product. decoration. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't even plan it. <laughs> we didn't even plan it. We just know, just instinctively knew. I haven't worn eyeliner for a while, actually. It's really nice. You should wear it more. Thank you. I might get you to just beef out the lines. Yeah. Do you fancy that? If absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at Can you see me now looking at you? Like, yeah. What can I do? Is it symmetrical? <laughs> um, I'm very excited to talk to you because, A, we've been trying to do this for a while mm-hmm. and schedules have been bonkers. I think my email with the subject line, let's get shit done. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's do that it. That was phase two. It started off and it was like, can we, should we, will we? And then eventually there was like a bit of a lull and then yeah. I just got this email into my inbox saying, let's get this shit done. <laughs> I was like, she's speaking my language. It's okay. so good. Um, I want to get you on the show because I feel like, among many other things, you are a constant beam of sunshine in the beauty oh, landscape. Thank you. You are nothing but good positive energy in all, everything, all of your output, whether oh. it's Instagram or whether it's your YouTube or when when I see you at events and so part of me wants to see if that's all fake and actually almost (laughs) (laughs) fingers crossed it's not (laughs) but I yeah I want to find out a bit more about you because you are an absolute whirlwind yeah indeed and my friends tell me off all the time because I'm the worst relaxer in the world (laughs) is that a word how do you relax then um, hold on, let me think about this because it might. <laughs> um, do, you know, uh, do you know? No, honestly, I feel like maybe shopping is that. <laughs> Re- well, it's a kind of therapy, isn't it? Retail it re- therapy. It's true. No, honestly, I'm so shit at relaxing. Um, I, I literally can't think. Okay, I'll go swimming. There you go. Exercise and swimming. Even now that it isn't relaxing for me, it is because it's a time that I have for myself. And swimming is something that in the past year and a half I've really got into in quite a really yeah I, I swam Lake Geneva in July um, oh that little old thing with uh, Lorraine Candy actually and a few other people it was amazing we did it as a relay but yeah no so uh, swimming for me is the actually w- the, one of the only exercises where I don't think about work interesting mm. so that's my relaxing that I do four times a week I remember years a few years ago like being in a job that wasn't sort of fulfilling me and feeling quite sort of trapped and having lots of mental stuff going around it like constantly worrying and the only time I felt really relaxed was when I when I would run yeah a lot of people say that and that's when I was I was running a lot not because I was training for a half marathon I ended up signing up for one because it seemed sort of (laughs) why not and everyone be like why are you doing all this running are you training for a marathon I was like no but the but the reason I did it is because I just felt like mental clarity during Mm -hmm. and afterwards for a a period of time and then I remember being on a photo shoot and the model and I chatting about running because she really loved it and she said when you're running it's just your heart and 
your brain communicating to keep you going. Oh, they don't have that. any room for anything else. Like it's well, your heart and your lungs and your brain are just concentrating on breath in, breath out, foot forward. You know? I love that. Yeah, and that's so true actually. Exactly the same as swimming because you mm. do have to concentrate. So. Like, plus not drown. Yeah, and plus not drown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and also there's like re- loads of really nice swimsuits out there. So that's actually a big reason. <laughs> I was like, do you know what? <laughs> I'm going to try and find a sequin swimsuit. That was actually my mission. Surely that would slow you down, though. Who cares? Oh, yeah, obviously. Who cares? (laughs) Who cares if it slows me down? It's like scales. Fish get away with it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You need... See, I want to get one of those Oon piece. Have you seen those? A what? Oon piece. They're no. long sleeve swimsuits with a zip, but they're very Mariah Carey in the Honey video. Oh yeah, when she comes out the sea after like James Bond coming Bond's out the swimming pool and oh she's yeah yeah then yeah, got I the know. nude bikini on underneath. <gasps> I'm gonna look into that. Oh, by the way, I just pivoted <laughs> on my chair there. <laughs> I can clarify that actually she got bad stomach. No, just joking. <laughs> she wiggled on her chair. I promise. I wiggled on the chair. Let's see I if I that keeps the edit. <laughs> No, it will. I, I don't edit these, partly because I'm not talented Okay, enough. sorry if this is four hours long. <laughs> no, it's fine. Four hours is absolutely grand. So, uh, swimming is your place to relax. That's very interesting. Yeah. Like I'm going to the pub. <laughs> no, but hanging out with my friends, do you know what I mean? Like, that's really... I really feel relaxed when I'm with my friends, because they're the ones that tell me to relax. So I think that helps. So you feel like they've got your back? Oh, ma- massively. Hugely. See, that's really interesting because I think because I've often found, particularly with makeup artists or hairstylists, mm. you tend to they tend to be empaths. They tend to be able to take on other people's burdens because mm. in the dynamic of being someone's makeup artist, the the person in the chair is sort of in charge in yeah. a sort of weird dynamic. Yeah. So the fact that you've got friends who kind of bolster you mm. is very interesting and in that they're not drains yeah no exactly and I think that you know we just help each other other out in so many ways but they've got kind of like really important jobs things like radiographers and teachers and stuff Mm. like that but they're working you know normal hours etc so they understand that there is a time when you can burn out and they'll be the first to tell me if they think that I'm close to that because you're complete polar opposite your schedule is as far away from nine to five as it can possibly get it's crazy and thank god i'm really lucky to have obviously theo my husband as well because he is the kind of guy that i'm so lucky like i'll come home and there'll be a buff run and he'll like make dinner and it's actually an ongoing joke on when i do insta stories and um theo's cooking in the kitchen and everyone's like least seriously do you ever cook i'm like actually I, i do but he's also really good at that so if he wants to you know i let him yeah so Do I'm you have lucky. an ice bucket on a stand in the bathroom? You need to okay, get one. Okay, can I just say, we're about to do our bathroom. Actually, this is, I'll just tell this story really quick. So Theo never says no to me. <laughs> oh, he'll kill me for saying that. So but why are you with Theo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no idea, honestly. Um, no, but he, I, I basically love interior design um, and I do a lot in the in our house and our house, we've transformed it in the past kind of five years. And I'm doing, we're doing the bathroom in January and I wanted to change a double room, that a double bedroom into the bathroom to have the bath in the middle mm-hmm. with an ice bucket and literally a Prosecco fridge in the bathroom and like loads of plants like a jungle. Do it. Exactly. Theo said, no. He said, we need that double bedroom. I was like, what for? We just won't invite people to stay anymore or they can sleep in the bath. Yes. Um, so I'm still working on that. But yeah, great idea. What about a conservatory? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Pamela Anderson, because I watched MTV Cribs. You know, she's got that whole, it's not really a conservatory. It's more of a 
beautiful home that's slightly away from her other beautiful home okay it's glass like a summer house but, but in the middle of it yeah exactly yeah in the middle of it there is a roll-top bath and a massive chandelier you're gonna have a chandelier right i have a chandelier in every single room in my house and you source these from where? Okay. I'm guessing you get these, you find these. Oh, Kempton Market, <laughs> which is like 10 minutes from my house, which is like an antiques market where all the antiques shops in London go to buy their stuff. So you buy everything like cheap. Um, eBay. Yeah, I've got to love a bit of eBay. eBay. And then I go like to the country outside London. <laughs> so I'll go to like antique shops or car boot sales or whatever outside London because it's so much cheaper. Genius. So I've, I actually genuinely, for my wedding, bought some chandelier pieces to hang from this thing that we made um, for like 2p each. And that was in like somewhere like Manchester. <laughs> Dear goodness, you're resourceful. I know. Well, you know, don't want to spend more than 2p on a chandelier piece, do you? No, certainly not. <laughs> She's so amazing to spend time with, right? I love, love, love Lisa Potter-Dixon. Now, this next snippet was one of the hardest, hardest things to try and to try and snip, cut and edit into this episode. But I knew that I couldn't do a compilation, particularly one at Christmas, without including the epic episode known by me and my therapist as Herding Kittens on Tape. It was the time that Trini... Woodall, Caroline Hirons and Nadine Baggett came on the show. If you haven't listened to this episode, if maybe you only started listening to the podcast after this one was published, this gives you a sense. <laughs> what does it give you a sense of? This gives you a sense of what it's like when the four of us get together in a room. We talk about magazines, uh, print media, uh, meditation, weirdly, um, vibrating. We talk about Bradley Cooper, starting businesses. We... Um, <laughs> Uh, patting yourself on the back, having drive and phone calls. And interestingly, when I listen to this again, I've recently recorded with Trini. So there's a good two years, I think, between these two recordings. I've recently recorded with Trini and I had completely forgotten that we had already had a conversation about phone calls. So keep your ears peeled to a future episode with Trini because we actually completely, without realising, come back onto the subject of phone calls and how important they are in friendships in a future episode that has not been published yet. But now this is just 10 minutes <laughs> of chaos. And I, um, we also talk about teeth. There's, it's just, this is what happens. There is no linear structure to this. And yes, so editing it, trying to find a snippet that I could kind of put into a compilation was quite tricky, but I hope you agree was worth it. Really? Yeah. Caroline I, I is really the only person I know. Well, I follow. Yeah. I, I, I ironically, read your posts. That's oh. the only way I read hello, and I it's love it. It's the best. It. It's thing. so fucking I have good. staff got, members. I've got a current. New bingo now. I have current and together. ex staff members of hello, which is where I worked obviously for eighteen years. Secretly DMing me, going, "This is everything that every member of staff thinks, but is too frightened to say about oh, hello." I'm just going to do it even more. It's now. just yeah. genius. No, it's never slightly, stop, it's, please, it's never great. stop. People are like, "Can you do it with gratitude?" Okay, and I'm like, "No, hello." It's is not its the own same. Special. It's, 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 it's its own world. It's its own. Yeah. And I did. I revised the bingo. One of my readers did a hello, hello with Hiren's bingo. And I just tweaked it, made it bigger on an A4, so I could literally tick off the boxes. And that, that, one day, yeah, can we one. all do it live? One of my yeah. favourite things though, is when you're going through the party pages. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Another party we couldn't afford to, we're not rich enough to be at. A party or too poor to attend. Too poor yeah. to attend. Yeah. Trini's <laughs> usually there. <laughs> I have, where have I last been in Hello Magazine? But Trini's slumming it with us today. I have not been out, literally, to a party for about a year. Too busy building a business via Facebook. I, I, I go out once a week at lunchtime with my partner and I might go out every three weeks, one night, and that's it. We must that's do it. another day at that Italian restaurant, which, by the way, is some of the best food I've ever eaten. Lucia's full on red. Really yeah. good. Yeah. Really good. Not that he'll give me a cheaper bill, but Should anyway. Should we let Emma get a whirl in anyway, sir? Sorry, Emma. I feel a bit like we're Yeah, Emma. No, I just need it. Actually, I've been wanting a morning off. This is fabulous. <laughs> so, four, well, four strong women around a table, around a podcast, um, Mike. Uh, someone's vibrating. You need to put it on tell you who that is. I'd like to permanently vibrate with some transcendental meditation, frankly. Yeah. Do you do transcendental meditation? When I was 19 and having a bit of a bad time in life, I thought, will TM fix it? But it lasted three weeks. Did it give you... I like a bit of vibration, but it has nothing to do with meditation. <laughs> yes, no, no. Oh, for God's sake, that didn't take long, did it? Yeah. Did, it did you get your own special word? Uh, I did get my own special word. Yes, I did. I'm thinking very seriously about doing it, mainly because... Well, it sounds like you've done it already if you know your own special word, Emma. No, I just read... The blurb on the website. Is this a 26 Herberts? <laughs> no, maybe. No, no, that's over. Do it. Yeah. Ask Ben about it. Mark Ask Ben. Oh, your Ben, does he do it? Well, he's, he, he's, he's really? in a, yeah, he's in a big, massive self, not self-help, self, uh, what's the word? Improvement. Not, improvement is probably better, yeah. Okay. Well, um, so. I listened to an interview with Bradley Cooper and he said that after he started Transcendental Meditation, he, in, a, in his dream, in a dream, he saw the opening scene of A Star Is Born and that was the starting point for that movie yeah because he'd seen it in 1976 <laughs> sorry. also Bradley Cooper is a knob no I'm not saying Bradley Cooper's a knob no, no I am like, I said that. Oh. <laughs> oh sorry I quite like him I like mind. Bradley Cooper I like him in Hangover Cure I did like Hangover oh you love Hangover. a trashy movie yeah, I love a trashy movie Bridesmaids my favourite trashy movie of all time oh, it's, too, it's too, too close oh. to the bone for me Bridesmaids why did you bomb it at a wedding it has a couple of brilliant scenes the, the, okay his thing too much information. Yeah, but the scene where the mum on the plane is talking to the other one about how she has sons and she cracked a sheet the other day, that was my life for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Caroline is now putting lip gloss on. She's yeah. just taken tablets. She's, she's had breakfast. She's flossed her teeth. <clears throat> lost my teeth. The Invisalign is going to go back in in a minute. No, I don't think I will because it might make me a bit lifty. But you're very They're looking very free. good, Caroline. Yeah. And I've just yeah. taken she's them just out. out to have a breakfast. Looking beautiful. They really are looking good. Oh, I'm nearly done, and then I'm going to get them whitened. And my my doctor, my dentist said, "What shade?" And I said, "One shade whiter than John Jovi." Yeah. <laughs> okay. Have you got to have the the retainers at the back? The oh, I'm yeah. sure I will, because yeah. yeah. the bottom teeth were the ones yeah. that were a problem. I don't mind. Sorry, Emma. Do you Sorry, want to get Emma. back to yeah. what this oh, is well, about? Let's start talking about oh, look, a teeth. squirrel. Where are we at? <laughs> <laughs> it's because Trini's wearing sparkles. Everyone's distracted. But Trini's yeah. always in sparkles. I'm true, immune to it now. True. true. My whole cab at the moment is full of sparkles. Can I, I, just I tell had, you had how eleven sparkle outfits. Sure. You just stand next to her, and the light reflects onto you. Oh yeah. yeah I can actually go. It's like a human I disco can, ball. Look, I can be <laughs> Caroline's light. <laughs> yes. <laughs> was a tatler shoot yes not not my first time can you tell right so yeah strong independent women around the table um on recent podcasts i've had loads of feedback from people about how they have been very inspired by a lot of the guests on here are women talking about how they've either set up businesses or how they've come back from pain or adversity or what have you and i thought 
this came out of the Instagram live, I think I started saying that about 25 minutes ago, where somebody <laughs> said, where I Sorry, said... Sorry, Emma, we'll be quiet now. <laughs> well, not kind of the point, but yeah. Um, where I said, who would you like me to get on the show? And several people said, Nadine, Caroline, Trini, all in the same episode. So this has actually been a little bit in the making. But Trini, you have established and run your own business pioneering in the beauty industry or stackable pots you've got a yellow taxi outside yeah <laughs> just i'm deciding not to kind of promote myself as i travel through london <laughs> um but it is i think for me it was that sense when i started it i was already 50 mm. and i'd had probably three careers up to that point so i dabbled in um commodity trading which i was absolutely terrible at and tried to be a man didn't work out then i did sort of pre things and then i fell into um being you know having a column in the telegraph and doing telly so i kind of knew i'd always wanted to have something that that there was a brand mm. you know that i could kind of physically see all the time that that people would have even when i was asleep they'd be doing things with that mm -hmm. there's something incredibly exciting about that and then i'd always kind of you know stack my little pots and done my makeup like that and i just you've got to do i think when you're doing something where it's going to take all your energy you've got to have such an unwavering sense that this is what i want in my life i need i use it's got to come from your core mm -hmm. and i think that you need that and especially if you're not 30 doing it because you're driving i now have a, like a team and there's about 20 people in my office but about 12 of them are under the age of 26 their children and their children i even have my nephew <laughs> in there who's 18 who's like the most irritating company mascot ever oh is this uh, luke oh, no, no this luke. is luke no ross would be insulted if you said he was that age but anyway ross is now his boss but but luke red-headed mad boy and is that Luke who we filmed with yesterday? Well, Luke we filmed with yesterday. And what's interesting about him, he came in, and apart from trying to chat up every boy, girl and everything and, and ruin our lovely manic office, he's actually incredibly good at quite a few things. And so I every day I've, I have to hold my tongue when I want to say, Luke, you're not all on to do, to do that, because then you'll come out with something. And I'll think, fuck, he's right. You know, just a little... <laughs> it could be technical stuff, but so... Having the energy to drive that team, you need to live and breathe. You can't half-ass your you brand. You can't half-ass yeah. it. And, it's um, exhausting. And it's it can be exhausting. So I don't think you know, there are many people who've worked as hard as you have in the last I year. I think many people do, Nadine, but I think I do it publicly. Yeah. <laughs> you know maybe, what I mean? Maybe. I think many, many women do, and many women who start a business... You know, it can be incredibly difficult. I've had a couple of businesses that have crashed and burned. So mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it's very difficult to do it and think. And also the hardest thing, if it's kind of growing really quickly and you have one bad day in mm -hmm. sales or something, to not think, oh, my God, my business is collapsing, but to realize, actually, look at all these women using the product. Look how many 20,000 customers you've mm -hmm. got in a year and they're all using it. And just then that makes me think, OK, so it's to look at the big picture to look at the medium and to kind of be aware of the immediate things you've got to do but not let them drive your direction well this is another thing about this particular group of women because i have caroline and nadine specifically on a whatsapp group and i feel like that group keeps me sane yeah. because i work for myself i create i make my own living and can you I can be on that whatsapp group no we can do, we can have our own but we'll do a separate one because there's way too much it's just way too much history and shit on that. There's a lot back of history. swearing. <laughs> you won't okay. see the history and, be and beauty inside us. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't actually. Yeah. For you, Trini? 
why you know you're slagging some things off no never Aww. no never but so <laughs> getting back to the point quickly before we go into that particular chat history I feel that I need my women around me my yep. strong independent yep. women who've been there and if I'm having a, a weird day Nadine you'll sometimes say to me if I if I told you this time a year ago that you'd have this problem you, you would have been like fine that's my most common thing I say to you isn't it I always say you have to look back a year and think if you could imagine in a year's time you would be where you are now you'd be so chuffed with yourself but it's hard to mm. you're always looking forward to the next challenge and I think that's one thing that all four of us have in common is we very rarely pat ourselves on the back and say look where we've come we're just constantly thinking yeah. right where's the next what mountain else? Yeah. I just yeah. need What's to next? scale that next mountain yeah. Yeah. and I think it's occasionally when I say to you as I just said to you you're one of you are without a doubt one of the hardest working women I know your first instinct was not to say yes I am it was to say but I'm sure a lot everybody does it but I'm sure they don't Trini yeah. well I I think but I do know that every brand owner does that yeah and every obsessive brand owner I know does that yeah and well. everyone woman in different industries and you, you know in all our ways we do that we give it our all that's why we're sitting together in this room and having a bit in common because we feel that sense of drive mm-hmm. and it's kind of it is so important to take that moment mm-hmm. you know and I just the it's thing I need to, to learn every day is take that moment. Of That's just why I think you have to build a nest of strong women around you who help you. With yeah, because I think you can also become quite isolated when you grow a business in that you don't see so many of your friends. So like mm-hmm. I realized between when I was pre-launching it and when I launched it, I gave a lunch for my girlfriends for my birthday. And I realized I hadn't seen any 16 of them apart from one in that whole year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. And I just thought to myself, I've got it because... We don't, you know, people before, or maybe this is just me, but people before would use the phone more and, and people yes. don't use the phone so much mm. now because they feel they might be interrupting and it's kind of weird to make a phone call. I never thought we'd get to a place where we might think it's weird to make a phone call. And the joy of the unexpected phone call is that somebody would catch you at a moment when maybe you weren't going to call them up to feeling shit and they'd say, you don't sound great, what's going on? And it gave a moment for you to actually be honest and mm. say, I'm not feeling great and ask for help. And so... When it's all by text or email, you have the opportunity to sort of not perhaps reveal as much that you might think I'm having a really difficult day. And then you don't end up sharing that difficult day with enough women. So that's where I'm at. So that's why I said, can I join your WhatsApp group? Because (laughs) because I lack that. And sometimes if you have women in a very different space and have a different pace of life, it's hard to share it with them. I'm making another WhatsApp group as we speak. But it is a thing that that I I do notice that change in in how we communicate. And it does affect. It's quite strange things. because if I, it is true. My best friend lives in Leeds, and if I we WhatsApp, and if I call her, she answers the phone and says what's wrong, because she that's yeah. our level of communication now is. Yeah. And uh, you know, if you're texting someone, the tone. If you say I'm having a bad day, the tone could be someone's just died, mm-hmm. or yeah. I just got spilt my coffee and stuff. Eighty percent of communication yeah. is yeah, exactly. non-verbal. So, so if you can't yeah. hear the tone of voice. So, yeah. yeah. You're kind of you don't, and then you, you. If you are going to send a message, you don't want to seem dramatic. We're all we're all sort of built in to not be drama queens, you mm. know, unless you're 16. And um, and so it it's it's strange how you know 20 25 years ago my entire life was on the phone, yeah. mm. and now it's looking mm. at the phone. Mm. Well, you see, I'm one of the few people that still phones. Well, it's good you phone. I, I do phone, and I think I phone because I have long nails and mm. I'm terrible at texting. <laughs> and in the end, I just get so annoyed with myself, yeah. and I just go, "Oh fuck it, I'm going to ring yeah. somebody." And I can almost 
hear them looking at the phone going, what the hell is Nadine calling about? And I go, See, I'm sorry. Weirdly, if you called me, I wouldn't think there's anything wrong. Because I know, <laughs> no, because you're, you we're know phone me, people. Yeah. Because we're phone people. And then I automatically <laughs> just say, but the first thing you do when you phone somebody is you apologise for phoning them. You go, I'm terribly yeah. sorry to phone, but I'm just useless at texting. Can we just talk? Or, in the case of this one over here, guns, we FaceTime. And yeah. then I always apologise for the way I look. <laughs> I, love, I love a bit of FaceTime. I, I she does She's completely unapologetic. And who else could I include in a compilation episode other than Jules Von Hepp? Always good energy. And in this episode, this is from ages ago, but this is such a lovely look at um, things like how to say no, uh, finding your tribe, uh, why your friends are so important, the importance of not being starstruck and why celebrity is actually a bit of a nonsense and setting boundaries and why it doesn't matter who you are or who you think somebody is treat everybody the same it was so nice and um also there was some hydration we recorded this episode i remember it very clearly we recorded this episode whilst just lying on his bed so if you can hear if you can hear the rustling of sheets it's just because we actually filmed this in jules's bed um which is love which is rather lovely so i hope that you enjoy <laughs> enjoy the company of jules as much as i did i've never really been starstruck i think I get more starstruck if I see someone from Hollyoaks walking down the street in Manchester. <laughs> like, I've never had that because... And people say to me, oh my God, you know, are celebrities different? Are they different from any other person? No. They're Only absolute, if you treat them differently. Yeah, they're absolutely the same. And I don't treat anybody differently. I was having this conversation with a guy who owns a shop in um, Chiswick. And he's from Manchester and we were just getting on like a house on fire. And he said, you know, my pet hate is people speaking to other people differently because of what they do for a living. And I said, oh, I'm exactly the same. Like, I will speak to a shopkeeper or I'll speak to a waiter mm. the same as I'll speak to Blake Lively. I don't care. You are you are no different. You mm. still deserve to be, I'm going to be nice to you unless you're a dick to me. And mm. then I'll be a dick to you. And <laughs> I've had like, I've worked with some of the most amazing, inspiring people, but I've also worked with some absolutely vile people mm. who, yeah, I mean, God, I've got content for the book, The Booth of Truth, which will come out when <laughs> I'm ready, when I'm ready to hang truth. up the tanning gun. I mean, the stories are golden, oh. but, just like the tans, actually, but, <laughs> but, it's, it's, I just, I, I now, as a rule, if I don't like a client or I think they're a mean person I don't care how famous they are I'm not interested you won't turn and, them again and maybe that maybe that will put me behind other people and maybe that will it won't put me in good stead but I don't care if you're a dick you're a dick and I'm not interested do you give people a second chance yeah 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 I, w I would never just do that on one time I'd give them a few goes but I have had like a few clients who like oh, it's so funny if anyone is listening and they work in beauty you'll get what I mean but like there is a thing where a client will book you, say they'll book you for like 11, and sometimes they literally will think it's bang on okay to turn up at half 12, and they'll arrive home, and they'll be like, so sorry, stuck in traffic, but when you start seeing it happen every single time, and then you get to the house, they're not actually in the booth or having their treatment until like another hour later. Nah, not worth it. Not worth it. It's a lack of respect, isn't it? It's so disrespectful. It's like, I've got stuff to do, you've got stuff to do. Come on. Why? Okay, if you had to, obviously mentioning no names, because it isn't about names, it's just about temperament in many ways. If you had to, in your year's experience, say what it is that makes people vile, because I'm going to interject here and say, in all of my years of doing, of interviewing famous people or celebrities, whatever it might be, 
the bad experiences, I always come away thinking that person's either unhappy or they're incredibly insecure. And that's what it boils down to. So I tend to almost feel sympathy. I don't necessarily work with them again, but I feel somewhat sorry for them. Is that how you've come away from... Uh, I think, and this isn't even about like doing a, being a celebrity spray tanner. This I actually learned from when I was working in retail that when a customer was horrible to me, mm. I used to take it really personally. I'd be like, they hated me. That's so hard. But I remember my manager saying, she's probably found out her husband's cheated on her this morning mm. or something's gone really wrong and it's put her in a foul mood for the day. And that's kind of how I think. I'm like, it's not, it's not, they're not vile people, but something's made them be yeah, vile. Yeah, exactly. And then you just have to check a few things. But, you know, sometimes if someone's horrible, they're just horrible. Like, they are just really horrible people. <laughs> because I th- I like to think, no one's going to be horrible to me because, A, I've got a spray tan gun in my hand, so I could do a really bad job. And I can write and have written stuff on people's backs. Like, t- only because one person said, I bet you can't write this. And I said, I bet I can yeah. in tan. But... Um, <laughs> can you say what the word was? <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's probably the worst swear word you can possibly okay. imagine. <laughs> okay. um, I think we all know what <laughs> um, But also, I'm in their house and they're naked mm. and I'm really nice. So chances are, you know, I've only ever had like 5% of my clients be horrible. I'm very lucky. I, I, mm. I think a niceness attracts niceness. I hate the word nice. Loveliness attracts loveliness. Yeah, it's about, it's that thing of nice, nice or being lovely is one thing but there's not being so nice that you're just letting people get away with it and that's a really fine line do you know what i mean Mm. like if you're lovely but you've clearly got your boundaries people won't push them but if you're lovely and it looks like you might give a little that's when people can yeah and i i've learned that the hard way people have definitely walked all over me um and i am a complete yes man um so i'll just like yeah no problem yeah no problem no no problem and then i do get walked all over um, well, how do you handle that? Because that's tough. I think you have to know when to say yes and when not to. I, I, for me, it's ha- it's taken me a while to learn to be able to say no. That's mm. actually quite a hard thing to do. Really hard. Because I think it, you know, you don't. I, I don't like missing an opportunity. I hate FOMO, and <laughs> I think you know you've got to pick which when's the right time to say no or to decline something um and that's that's a really hard thing to do because I'm always like oh god that could be something that that would be really good for me um yeah the power of no is oh it's such a hard thing because I know that in the past I've been like yeah no that's fine because I've thought because deep down I've known that if I said no that person would probably not call me again or wouldn't like me anymore so I thought, well, I'll say yes, because then that puts off the inevitable. But then all that happens is it builds up and it's a big no. And then there's a massive show. Well, then I think I think when you're saying no, you have to know <laughs> uh, why you are actually declining it. Is it because they are a horrible person or is it because of a situation that isn't going to benefit you work-wise? Or is it because time-wise you might not have enough? Mm. And then I think you need to work back. So if you're saying no because they're a horrible person, then actually you need to just get that person out of your life because it's because they're a mood hoover. Mm-hmm. Um, you're coming out with them today, Jules, a mood hoover. Mood hoovers, yeah. It's, 
I experience it quite a lot. I've got a couple of friends that I'm really considering getting rid of at the moment because they are complete mood hoovers. Always talking about them, always just, and never really asking how I am. And it's one-sided friendships and that is so draining. You should never ever do it. You need to, you need to feed off each other's energy. Mm. If someone if someone's really energetic, you need you will obviously feed off that, but also it needs to go the other way. But then also, if the situation isn't going to benefit you, why, I don't know, why do it? So there you go. A little bit of a compilation, a little taster of some of the conversations that have been on the podcast over the years. And I just wanted to go back a little bit further, just for someone who maybe discovered the show in 2019 or 2018 and maybe hadn't heard from those guests before. It's been a really good reminder that I need to get all of these brilliant women back on the show and men. Obviously, Jules is a man. Um, it's really important to get all of these people back on the show because they are just so wonderful and so generous with their positivity and their wisdom. And they are, they're my friends. I call them my friends. They are my friends. I adore them. And I really adore sharing how brilliant they are with you too. So thank you so much for listening. If you want to get in touch with me, email me on thebeautypodcast at gmail.com or you can slide into my DMs on Instagram and Twitter where I am at Emma Guns. If you want to chat to me and thousands of other listeners of this podcast, then click the link in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. And click the link to join the Facebook forum. It's so simple. Answer the questions, agree to the rules, and you will be welcomed in with open arms. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you on the next one. Yeah.